Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. So delighted to be joined in this odd self-isolation time by Scotland Semis player Tom Brown. Tom, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for for having me. No, absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. So how's how's um, self-isolation treating you so far? What's your current setup? Yeah, so we're we've managed to get up north. Um, it's uh, we're staying up at my fiance's um, kind of farm at the moment. So. To be honest, it's probably the best place for for me to be. Um, it's you know you've got to try and stay kind of active and keep up your training during this time. But having a bit of freedom up here has been has been awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's difficult because obviously we're in this kind of situation that we're supposed to be in Hong Kong at the moment playing this weekend actually, and then obviously London and Paris after that. But everything's been postponed, so we're in this odd situation that you know you want to stay fit because you want to be kind of ready to go but for me personally I'm kind of thinking you know Hong Kong's been postponed Singapore obviously London Paris so you know I'm kind of treating this as a bit of an active off season um you know obviously trying to stay fit and kind of work on you know my endurance and getting out and you know running a bit more and obviously don't have the kind of access to the gym and weights etc so you know, it's it's a it's a time to try out some new stuff, and you know, everyone's in this a situation where they've got to adapt. And you know, I suppose up here is it's giving me the best opportunity to, um, yeah, to kind of work on other aspects of my my fitness. Mm. It's really interesting that point about kind of keeping motivated. I mean, how how is Kieran like keeping everyone as a squad like? On, on track and making sure that they're still you know, working hard and on all those kind of things? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, Sean is our, Sean Lamont's our 
SNC coach now, SNC right. manager. So like he's obviously sending through programs for the boys, and he's brilliant at kind of adapting programs. And it's not your kind of you know, especially during this time where it's not you're kind of going to your gym and you do your your kind of core exercises. Yeah. Like he's put together kind of body weight exercises and and um, programs that we can go out in the park or go into the garden or you know even in your living room and and you can perform those those programs. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And again, like for me because I've kind of done this for so long now to actually have something a wee bit different is, you know, quite exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is kind of a bit of a motivation for me. Um, Kieran has been keeping us busy and we've all got kind of projects to do kind of looking over the season that we've, we've had so far, analyzing, you know, the team performances, analyzing ourselves. Um, and actually this week we've got a kind of presentation to, to kind of give back and have a FaceTime presentation to give back to the coaches so you know the guys are keeping really busy um another thing that we do is um when we're on tour we do this thing called um bring the joy okay and so every morning kind of seven o'clock seven o'clock just before breakfast we kind of all meet in the corridor or you know outside the rooms and we always do like kind of a five minute game or competition and it's just kind of something that kind of gets the game going, wakes boys up, you know, just a bit of team um, camaraderie. Yeah. Um, so we've actually decided that we're going to keep that up during this time. So every Tuesday and Thursday morning at nine o'clock, we have a big kind of FaceTime and guys bring kind of competition, whether it's uh, kind of quizzes or, you know, activities or something. So we're doing that every Tuesday and Thursday, which is kind of, keeps the squad together because yeah. I think kind of one thing that I've, you know, really noticed going from a 15s environment to sevens is how important the kind of team environment is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important that during this time of isolation, like we keep that camaraderie up yeah, and yeah. You know, we're still kind of in touch and we're keeping that kind of those team ethoses together. So, you know, we, we are, kind of keeping busy is on, on top of like obviously our fitness and doing everything we can and diet yeah. you know everything in our control so we are yeah we're, we're, we're keeping busy at the moment that's really interesting why why do you think there's more of an emphasis on the team ethos with sevens versus 15s is it like just the fact that you're sort of traveling quite a lot or what what do you think it is yeah, definitely i think obviously i think with the sevens <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of work because we do the competitions where we go away and you know we might be playing on a different time zone and then obviously we come back from these places and we train kind of you know we're not in the public eye as much as the 15s teams who are kind of regularly playing kind of week in week out so but in saying that we are you know we're always together we're training together it's a small squad as well you know we've got 14 yeah core members of the squad this year so you know, that makes, you know, it's a small group and you get to know these guys really, really quickly. And, you know, I suppose with with a larger squad, you've got 40, 50 guys in a, in a 15 squad, you know, you do get the tendency to get, you know, little groups that can form and, and, you know, people stick within those those groups because it's such a, such a big squad. Mm. But within the sevens, you've got to be a pretty kind of close-knit group to kind of survive. And, and I think... Um, you know, and, and kind of carrying on from that, especially when you go away on these tournaments and you're staying in the hotels, you literally are in each other's pockets. 
Yeah. Uh, and you can get a little bit of cabin fever during these kind of yeah, two and yeah. a half years where, and that's where guys' kind of personalities really kind of shine through. Um, yeah. So, you know, keeping up that, you know, but I mean, the great thing is, is that we've got a brilliant group of guys. Mm. Um, you know, all of them are, you know, as well as being very talented at a rugby pitch, are all good guys. Um, yeah. So it's very easy to get on with 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 this lot. Um, so yeah, no, it's, I, I think it's really important. I think what we're doing with, you know, staying in touch during this time is is really important as well. And, and yeah, it's pretty mm. cool. Um, and I mean, how, how much? I mean, what are the other sort of major differences that you found coming from the fifteens to the to the seven setup? And you know, how, how much have you had to sort of like? almost like relearn a new sort of skill rather than what you were doing in the past or do you think that sort of your skill set is actually transferred over quite well yeah um i think yeah i mean i think first and foremost is that i think the game the, the thing that i learned very quickly is that the game of sevens is so different to the game of 15s yeah um and I've been learning this entire year and I kind of, you know, through my experience of 15s, I thought I'd be able to kind of transition really quickly and, you know, be able to adapt. And, and what I've learned is that, you know, there's a hell of a lot of work that you've got to put into the sevens mm. to be able to perform on the circuit. Um, I think the circuit is the most competitive it's it's ever been, like especially, you know, this year being an Olympic year. Yeah, yeah. All 16 teams or kind of 15 core teams are competitive. Anyone can beat anyone. Yeah. Um, and you've really got to be on top of your game. And, you know, some of the guys that I play with, you know, there's a couple of guys off the top of my head, but, you know, Robbie Ferguson and, you know, Max and, and Sammy and, you know, all these boys, like they're class rugby players and what they can do on a sevens pitch. You I mean, you kind of look at it and you see, you know, Max kind of run. 90 meters and skin kind of six guys in the yeah. process and you kind of watch it and go you know well that's just sevens but you know the ability to do that even on a seven circuit competing against some of the you know i you know my view is some of the top athletes in in the world at the moment yeah. you know to be able to do that is is pretty spectacular and um you know my i'm finding my role within the team you know my role is probably more of a you know, distributor like within the sevens, whereas, you know, obviously going from the wing in 15s, you want to be attacking, you want yeah. to be, you know, carrying ball and you want to be, but, you know, in the sevens, you know, I'm finding a different role. So, you know, to be able to manipulate a defense and like get the ball out to, you know, guys like Max and Sam and, and Coombsy on the wing and just so, you know, watch them do their thing is like, it's pretty cool to watch, like even yeah, when yeah. you're, when you're on their team. But, you know, I think, the biggest thing is is just been my appreciation of you know how tough the game of sevens is. Like yeah. it is, it is a different level that, to what I've even you know experienced even being with Edinburgh for for so many years. It's, it's a completely different kind of season. But when you're in competition, you're doing those those two tournaments back to back. You know, physically, it's the most demanding thing I've, I've yeah. kind of ever done. Yeah. Um, and you know, as to say, like the talent we've got within the squad right now is, is, is class. And, you know, there's a few things that we want to tweak and, you know, get better. But I think we've got a brilliant squad to be able to do. Like we're sitting in a position that actually I think, you know, we're disappointed we're in at the moment. Um, yeah. But as I say, every team is, is so competitive. Hmm. 
And what is that? Has that been the view then of the season so far that there's been some good points, but you're you you still think there's a lot more to come from the team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you know, obviously for me, like personally, like it was a it was a big learning curve for me, like um, going into the 15s and you know being able to adapt. And you know, I've got to kind of you know, I had to work a lot on my you know my speed and my and you know my fitness and mm. you know these are things that I thought I'd just be able to kind of take from a 15s environment and just kind of walk into a sevens and I've already got it but you know it's I've you know very quickly um you know realized that that's not the case and um, I think we had a not a slow start to the season because in Cape Town we reached quarter final and you know yeah, we, yeah. we beat England and we had a some really really good performances but you know there has been a transition of you know coaching staff and um you know we're, we're playing a new style we've got a new defensive system where you know we're trying a couple of things out in 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 attack where where you know some guys are playing positions they've never played before like i've kind of gone into the a hooker role where you know i've never <laughs> hit a scrum or i've never jumped in a lineup but you know that's what i'm doing right now and and you know max has gone from the wing and he's playing a bit of nine and you know these guys are kind of we're, we're, we're changing things around a bit but you know bringing in a new Kind of coaching staff, and I think Kieran is is awesome, and you know having Sean and and even Mikey, our physio, like plays a huge role within the squad because it is a so small squad. And um, you know, I think give them a little bit of time, give us a little bit of time. Like we should be competing in, you know, certainly that top ten. Yeah. Um, so I think we've had a tough kind of rub of the green this year. Like um, I was just actually having to think about it before this and. We've played. We've had Australia four out of the six tournaments in our in our group. Yeah. We've had USA five of the six. Yeah. Six, and they, you know, Australia I would kind of rank as top three in the world at the moment. Yeah, USA are you know second in the world in terms of last year last year's performances, mm-hmm. and you know we've had some tough. Um, the way that that the sevens is kind of. The way it's gone and the rankings and where you get placed and the groupings for the next tournament has seen a lot of our groups be quite similar. Yeah. So we then get stuck into this kind of cup competition or the 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 bowl competition, um, and then we really scrap. And that's where we're good is that when we really scrap and kind of day two and we, we kind of really find our form. And I suppose where we are now is that we're beating the teams we're are supposed to be yeah you know and we feel like we should be beating but the teams that we you know feel like we can beat and we can kind of to be able to compete in quarterfinals and semi-finals and finals we're just not performing our best against those teams mm-hmm. and we're coming off the pitch every time frustrated and and honestly we put in so much work into these guys and so much analysis and but then the game comes and it's over like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing is that, like, you know, if you're just, if you're 10% off against Australia, USA, New Zealand, you're just not going to get the result. And, you know, what I'm learning is that, you know, it is such, you know, you make one mistake, one error, it's going to be a try down the other end of the pitch. And that's where the situations that we're finding ourselves in is that we're, we're pressing, we're pressing, we're pressing. And then, you know, one little thing, whether it's just a, a misruck or, you know, a little turnover, and the next thing, you know, they've got to score down the other end. And, yeah. You know, it's been a lot of frustration there, but, you know, in terms of the character that we've had to get out of those groups and then perform well in day two, 
yeah has been good and we're and we are beating the teams that we kind of we, we should be beating but as i say like i mean this year I, like I, I i was kind of shocked at how competitive the entire circuit is you know yeah. you've got teams like spain and kenya and you know ireland just come up they've just been promoted this year yeah. and they're sitting 10th place and you know they're they're competing against the top top teams you know argentina like wales even like they're tough they're niggly teams to play and, and to beat and mm. um yeah so you know we are we're growing and we're improving but i think we were so looking forward to to london because it was the first time we really scrapped our way into a good pool so we mm. had new zealand spain ourselves and japan right so that was going to be our next tournament. So we were really looking forward to that. But unfortunately, that's, you know, that's kind of been postponed now. But mm. going into the next, you know, that's, London's been postponed until September. But going into that tournament, we're, we're going in with a lot of confidence based mm. off what we did in the last few tournaments. Mm. That's really good. I mean, do, it'd be interesting to find out, like, within, within the squad and your perspective, whether people... Uh, still see the sevens as like a stepping stone to 15s is that always like in the back of people's minds or is it more about right i'm a i'm a sevens player now that's that's the path i'm i'm going down yeah i think i think it's is a is a is a is a difficult one because i think personally i think we've got so much talent within the squad now um and guys who have been on the circuit for years, you know, Gav Lowe, yeah. Menton Max, uh, Robbie Ferguson, um, you know, we've got some Harvey Elms, we've got some really, really talented boys coming up through the, the system as well. Like Kyle Rowe has been class this year and, and Femi, um, uh, you know, we've got, we've just got such a strong squad yeah. throughout. And I think, you know, personally, I want to see that squad develop as a as a as a core group. But obviously, you know, the sevens has to be a stepping stone for young players that have aspirations to play for Scotland and play for the pro teams. And you know, it's it's a great stepping stone because the exposure you get, um, you know, in the circuit is is as I you know as, I, as I've mentioned before is is. It's pretty immense. It's, it's you know you you really are put to the test in terms of your skills um, and you know just how competitive it is. Um, yeah, I mean going forward, that you know that's something that I'd love to see is see this group of guys, you know, perform and you know start winning medals and mm. and it's just kind of what one thing I would kind of say with it, being part of the sevens is is how hard you know these guys work, how hard we all work. And it is slightly unseen work because, and, and that's just the nature of the, um, of the circuit, because, you know, you, you go away, you perform for two weeks, you come back and, um, you know, you're kind of, then you're over at Ravens Craig, you know, training for the next tournament, but, you know, the exposure isn't really there during that time. And, you know, I think, you know, for myself, like I've just kind of grown to love sevens, like, mm. And whether it's because I've played kind of 15 for so long, but just the game itself, it's so exciting. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's completely different. And you kind of take away the, I suppose, the kind of the fatties of the, of the, uh, of the game. But then, but, but then you're left with like, you know, 
it's basically seven backs feed seven backs most of the time. But yeah. you know, it is so fast and it's so competitive and it's and it's so exciting. And um, you know, I hope that people can get on board with the seven circuit. You know, especially here in Scotland, I know it's difficult because we don't have that home tournament anymore. But you know, it is such a great game to watch. Mm. And you know, some of the places that we've toured, you know, coming to mind. Cape Town and Vancouver, like what's so great about those, those tournaments is, is how much the kind of people love it. And yeah. the whole week or the run up, like you kind of walk down the street and you're kind of wearing your thistles and people are stopping you and asking for photos. And, you know, the whole city is kind of buzzing all the way up. And then the tournaments are just, just unbelievable. And I just kind of hope that we can kind of bring that fun and that kind of energy to kind of Scottish rugby and like and just to get that backing because I think you can you can even see like in social media like during this time like we are like we're, we're keeping really positive we're trying to do little things we're trying to you know challenge each other and you know have little competitions mm. but it's just a great energy around the, the whole the whole circuit and I'm absolutely loving it right now that's brilliant um, do you have you got one eye on the the Olympics is that a, a goal for you yeah, I, I mean, in the sevens, as I say, it was you know, it's very kind of new to me. Um, I hadn't played in a basically a tournament for kind of nine years. It was the first time I, I played, and you know, sevens has completely evolved from you know even the first time I, yeah. I I've played sevens. You know, I went into this year just kind of fully focused on Scotland and wanting to do well for Scotland and you know as the years kind of gone back like gone on or the season's gone on like obviously there's talk about it it's, you know it's massive within the circuit within you know all the teams because all the teams are competing to you know all the players are competing to get a you know spot on the, in, in their squads but you know it would be awesome um, but I think first and foremost for me was kind of performing and playing well for Scotland and you know having that excitement of mm. pulling on a you know a Scotland jersey again which was which was you know has been pretty cool yeah, yeah. that's awesome um I mean t- taking it back to that sort of you know earliest memories of the sport that sort of joy you talk about how where did you first get into to rugby how did that come about <laughs> well ever yeah, yeah yeah just the, you know first memories of picking up a rugby ball just going yeah. right, right the way back um I mean, the first time, my first club was was North Berwick Minis. Um, and I was always like a real sporty kid, like, you know, loved, you know, all sorts of sport, kind of swimming, athletics, football. Um, but rugby was kind of one sport that I suppose I picked up, you know, better than the rest. And I've just, I always loved it and kind of, you know, I suppose, excelled in that sport um and so yeah minis was my kind of my first memories like fond memories of of rugby we had a really good little team and um i was actually just talking to a few um, a few guys from Aki's yesterday and they put up a photo of like they had a really strong minis team yeah uh, i think it was the bats or yeah, yeah, yeah. they were all really strong and um they put up a photo of um you know, their P6 team and, you know, they've had a couple of cuts and they're all saying like, you know, what season that was until, you know, Tom and his, and his North Berwick Tugs like came up and, <laughs> and, you know, beat them in, in, you know, a couple of finals. But we were, yeah, I mean, that was great. Like I, I, I love playing for North Berwick and I've got 
fond, fond memories there. Um, and then moved into to Edinburgh and, and, and went to um, Edinburgh Academy um, and kind of played for the uh, obviously the school team there. Mm. Uh, really good memories playing there. And that's kind of when I got, you know, into the, the kind of pathway and started playing for Edinburgh, 16s, 17s, 18s, and, and also kind of the international age grades. So, um, when, yeah, when, and then... When, when did you start to think, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad at this, like rugby could be a career for me? Or did, did someone tell you that was maybe the case? Yeah, I think kind of you start getting picked up and, you know, the academies and the institutes, um, you start getting picked up kind of around kind of 15, 16, from what I remember. Um, so I was put in the kind of the institute um, and, you know, with um, you know, I, I've kind of followed the same path as, as Ramble has. Um, right. So we've done like kind of everything together. We got kind of signed the same year. We did the institute. We got, you know, went to the academy. But I suppose you start doing the age grade stuff and that's when you kind of think, you know, this is something that, you know, you want to go for and you want to do well and you want to compete. And that's your first, you know, real taste of, you know, a really competitive um, environment where, you know, you're kind of put to the test and you're under yeah, a bit yeah. of pressure. Um, and then I suppose for me, it was it was probably coming into my last years of school where um, certainly my last year of school when, you know, I started playing for the under 20s and, going on the, the Junior World Cup tours and, and you know, I was kind of lucky enough to get a, a National Academy contract. So it was National Academy at the time, kind of straight from school. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a full time, you know, now they've got the, the four regions, um, but it was that kind of concept, but it was obviously a National Academy there. So it was kind of everyone throughout Scotland. So it was kind of a, a quite a small group back then, but that was a full time um kind of contract so that's been from kind of 2008 and eight when we when when i left school so mm. that's when you kind of know that this is it's, it's getting a bit serious and um i did the academy for a couple of years and and then you know was lucky enough to get signed by edinburgh off, off the back of that and then made major edinburgh debut in 2010 versus leinster i think is that right yeah um, maybe <laughs> what, what do you i'm doing my research what, I mean, what do you what do you remember from that day? I mean, I, I looked at I looked at the lineups, and there's some yeah. like proper rugby legends on that pitch. And both Edinburgh, like Chris Patterson, Mike Blair, Chunk, and Leinster's like Brian O'Driscoll, Darcy, Shane Horgan. I mean, that must have just been like crazy. Yeah, I mean, obviously these are guys that I kind of grew up watching. My dad's uh, it's actually an Ulster man. Um, but he, you know, he's, he's kind of been mad on rugby as well. So, you know, certainly the Irish provinces were something, you know, and at the time, you know, Brian O'Driscoll was playing out of skin and, um, you know, you've got guys like Paul O'Connell, you know, from, from, from Munster at the time, but, you know, to, to kind of take the pitch for these guys was almost surreal. Yeah. And I suppose my only memory of that game, I think we actually beat Leinster in that game was pretty cool, but I remember, um, Rob Carney going over for a try in the corner um, at Murrayfield and I kind of late hit him and gave him a dead leg. <laughs> I just remember him like... <laughs> Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Basically, calling me an arsehole. Yeah. And like walking away. And obviously like you someone that was, you know, been watching play for the Lions and yeah, Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just pretty shit hot, you know. Um, then, so, uh, yeah, I, that's kind of my only memory of that game, I suppose. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and just kind of being on that bench and and kind of <laughs> almost almost being almost not wanting to go on because it was you know I was so nervous. But yeah. then you know, once you kind of got on that pitch, it was just um, business as usual, really. Um, and just kind of loved it. I just remember getting off that pitch, and as I say, I think we got a victory. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that must be amazing. Um, and I mean, what? When, when was it that you sort of felt like uh, you were like sort of an established Edinburgh player? What what sort of season was the sort of the breakthrough for you? Do you think? Uh, I think it was, it was a tough one to like put like a point in that because I think my career went you know up and down and up and down at Edinburgh. You know, yeah. and that was for a number of reasons. You know, injury kind of really kind of hind- I'd say kind of hindered my career a bit and you know that real kind of consistency and progression and um you know I would never like look back at my career and, and feel that you know I missed out on any you know opportunities you know you know I've got no regrets you know being at Edinburgh and, and um, you know the career that I had there um I just rem- I you know I, I remember fondly my, my first year um kind of contracted which was the um, was when my second year contracted, but would have been the, the Heineken Cup uh, run. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was kind of you know beating Toulouse and 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 playing Ulster in, in the Viva was just like you know a memory that yeah. I'll hold forever. Um, but that was like a real you know obviously a big moment for me. But you know off the back of that, I kind of had my second season syndrome, and you know I didn't have a good season off the back of that. I picked up an injury, and I found it hard to to get back into a bit of form and then um I just remember kind of it was a, it was a, it was during the Solly year but I remember having a, a season where I kind of got back into form and um you know started being on that team sheet pretty pretty consistently and um you know again we, we had some good runs and uh we were reaching course finals and, and and kind of and finals and we and we were we had a good we had a strong team and I think that was about kind of 2014-15, I think that was. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, part of me wanted to to grow into that kind of senior, one of those senior um, players at Edinburgh. You know, it was, it was a real goal of mine to, you know, in my later years to to be in that kind of leadership group, et cetera, et cetera. And um, obviously, you know, 
Edinburgh went through big highs and big lows. And I think, you know, one of those times, the start of, you know, Caucasus kind of era, um, you know, everything started off really well. And then I had probably the biggest injury in my career with Mojave and, and yeah. really found it hard to kind of get back from that. Um, but look, as I say, like, I don't look back at that with any regrets. I think my Edinburgh career, you know, I loved it. Um, I think you know, what the opportunity has given me with the sevens, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't change that for anything right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky to have played for Edinburgh and absolutely loved it. But I think, you know, there was, it was time for a bit of a change there as well. Um, and yeah, so like it's, you know, the way that things have worked out has been, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have changed it. Yeah. Um, who Who is your, you've obviously sort of, played under quite a few coaches then and sort of gone through like it seems like quite a big evolution of the Edinburgh team who's who was uh who were the coaches that you sort of really liked working with uh the guy I got like going really well with and whenever I you know get a chance to see him um and I'll start this start the season this year um you know kind of back in with Edinburgh um for during the world cup time and um you know I was kind of uh I was kind of 24th man for the uh the zebra game but um uh brad is michael bradley right he was kind of one of my first coaches he was he was coached during um during a kind of heineken cup run yeah, yeah. And he's just a he's just a, a great guy um and yeah whenever i get a chance to kind of go up to him and see how he's doing like you know he's, he's, a, he's a guy that I'll, i've got all the time in the world for yeah. um so yeah he's he was great obviously rob moffat you know very early days um was a great guy and and, and I, I suppose that's the thing like throughout that your career you kind of just remember you go but you, you meet some like really awesome people um players and coaches but yeah definitely definitely those two guys and obviously um, Hodgie's, you know, had his time as head coach, but it's been around for a while. Like, yes. you, know, I, you know, I've worked with him for for years and years now. So, um, and he's been part of my kind of career when I was coming up through age grade as well. So, you know, he's been around a lot. So, uh, yeah, nice one. Uh, fa- favorite Edinburgh try? Uh, and and don't pretend you haven't thought about it before. <laughs> There wasn't very many. Uh, um, I probably would say, I, I think, I think this is probably coming off the back of. I think there was a replay of the the Metro game. Yeah. But I think just in the like enormity of that game and like how how much of a kind of spectacle it was. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember scoring that try and kind of we were still what twenty points behind. Um, yeah. I think it was twenty seven forty seven or something, but. You know, it it was kind of the start of our comeback, um, and I just remember that game with like, you know, it's all it was all pretty, you know, all happened quite quickly. I came off the bench with about half an hour to go. I think we were twenty twenty four points behind or something at the time, but yeah, uh, yeah and just being part of that comeback was was pretty awesome. Well, I mean, I I rewatched that game as well, and it was absolutely wild. Like, just. Complete like the most mad game ever. Um, yeah, this... I mean, it's one, it's one game that is it's funny because it, it was, you know, it was my kind of probably my first or second year pro, but it's it's just a game that always, no matter who you speak to, it always kind of 
crop yeah. up again. Um, and the kind of people, the few people who actually managed to kind of watch it live because it wasn't televised, it wasn't, you know, it was none of that at yeah. the time. So I think, you know, I think quite quickly kind of word spread how much of a, like an awesome game it was. And I think yeah. it ended up 48, 47. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a good game to be involved in. Do you, do you know, this comes from Alan, who's watching the game, do you know who it was that was trying to tackle you in the corner when you scored? No. It was a, it was a 20-year-old Vakatawa. Yeah, before he'd sort of gone through the French 7th team and then gone back into 15s. Jeez, wow. Um, so that's I Alan's, know that. Yeah, that's Alan's kind of nerdy question. Um <laughs> So then you got you got called into the Scotland squad in 2012. What was sort of the yeah. was were there are there being conversations had? Was that like on the cards or was it sort of like a a welcome surprise? Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I'd say I was, I was really young at the time. It was you know very early in my career, and it was that Andy Robertson was was coach at the time, and um, it was yeah, you know, it was it was off the back, but you know, it was a bit of a kind of whirlwind. Um, season um, because it was the same season as the Heineken Cup run um, yeah. you know, I just kind of kept broken into the Edinburgh squad played a lot of games I think I played almost 30 games that season um, you know so it was it was a big big season and then to go off and, and to you know and to to play for Scotland was you know kind of a, a bit cheesy but like a dream dream come true yeah, but, um, yeah no we were out there and um, I remember we went out and back three, we had Joe Ansborough, we had Sean Mont, uh, Hoggy was there, um, myself, Visser, um, and Max Evans. Mm. But I remember Max Evans got pulled back because he was playing in the, the top 14 final and Viss wasn't qualified as Scottish until the second game. Right, okay. So we played Australia and you know it was awesome you know I managed and Max wasn't able to come out until after the final and Fish wasn't qualified and um, you know so I got my chance and I remember you know it was awesome I remember the build up and going up to Newcastle Um, and you know I remember being on the bench and kind of 30 half hour into the game like the game hadn't really even settled it was just kind of because it was a horrible night and I just remember being up there and I just remember it, was, it must have been about 25 minutes into the game and you know, a message came onto the bench and we were just kind of you know behind the post kind of warming up and you know kind of Sean's done his, his, his ribs Sean was playing on the wing Sean's done his ribs you know Tom get ready to go and I was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah about half an hour into the game they were like again we were kind of behind the post and they were like you know get your coat off like you're on hmm. Um, and yeah, I just remember, and I remember walk like kind of half jogging up that touchline, like kind of trying to slow down, and you know, kind of thinking, oh god. But I remember walking up there, and then again, like I remember kind of you know getting on the pitch, and it was just like it went so quickly, but it was just such an awesome experience. Like yeah. it was like just class. Like you know, I just remember being on that pitch. So as I say, like horrific night. Um, I just remember, I remember there was a scrum going in and I was on the kind of, the kind of blindside wing and I just remember like watching Genya like put the ball in and I could see him, he must have been like 15 metres away from me, but like, I could see him like physically shaking Jeez. and that's like, it was probably the first moment, it was like halfway during the, you know, we were really in the game, 
Um, halfway through the second half, and I was like, and I just looked at Kenya, and I was like, we're going to win this. Like, mm. <laughs> you know, how good? Um, I know, obviously, like, it's ended up being, like, one of those, you know, classic games and, you know, kind of more more so remembered for the um, the kind of famous Joe Ansborough struck off, you know, headbutt at the end yeah. of the celebrations. But, yeah, you know, it was it was awesome. It was great, like, you know, and it was kind of my one and only cap. But, you know, I kind of feel like it was, it was a good one to have. And, you know, again, memories that, you know, I have forever. But, um, yeah, going into it, we then travelled off to Fiji. We had Fiji next and then Samoa. But Max flew out from the... Uh, the top 14 final I think they'd won uh, but he came out and then this came uh, this this uh, he he qualified Scottish as Scottish that week so that was it the international <laughs> career finished um, but yeah no it was class and then you know I just I just remember the like the rest of that tour as well and um, you know I was out there with like Matty Scott who I've played with for yeah Years and years through like age grade and kind of development, and you know to have him out there as well was was pretty cool. So yeah, good memories. Any any good stories from the night out after the the win? Was there? You, were kind of, you weren't in like. God, it was so long ago, but nah, I just remember we stayed in there. We actually we went out, and I don't think this is like from what I heard. It wasn't like most tours, but I think you know at the time there was some like real kind of kind of established like kind of legends playing for for Scotland and um, you know I think a few of them were a bit older and um, you know they went out and I think a lot of them said like this was a good tour because I think you know A I think it's the, the the only I think it's still the only Southern Hemisphere tour where Scotland won every single one of their, their matches yeah, um, so obviously it was a good environment to be around um, but I think we went out what ten days before the match, and we we stayed in Manly, right on Manly Beach, at the beginning. And obviously, you know, we had our kind of protocols of, you know, getting through jet lag and everything. But it's just trying to keep the boys awake. But you know, I, I remember going out for a few beers, you know, during that week, or like you know, the, you know, when we arrived, and nothing too bad. And then we went up to the game in, in Newcastle. You know, got the result up there. And I remember coming back and we had three days, another three days in Manly. And we yeah. had like another 10 days before the next game. So we had three days in Manly, but ended up being like a, a kind of two, two to three day bender. <laughs> so it was like, it was pretty good. I remember, uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. So I remember some of the older boys kind of turning around and being like, it's not usually like this. Like, it's, <laughs> but obviously that was kind of 10 years ago. It's all changed yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we had a good time. But then we, you know, we obviously flew out to Fiji and, and Samoa and got a, a few good results out there. And, um, you know, just, just a, like an incredible experience. Like, even just going out to these countries and experiencing, like, the culture and, um, you know, yeah. seeing how mad they are about rugby as well was, was really, really cool. Do you still get on the on the seven circuit? Because obviously it's obviously like so brutal. But do you still get the chance to like go out and maybe have have a beer, like have a bit of downtime, like get to know the other players, or is it just sort of like kind of yeah? Business? I mean, usually, yeah. I mean, usually we, uh, as I say, the tournament is so tough. Like you know, during that first week is a bit of a shock to the system. Um, you know, you're obviously out there to like do a job and you're basically I mean we we flew out to LA 
pretty late this year. So we, we flew out on the Tuesday. We then had a hit out against Spain on the Wednesday, kind of a kind of half half down day on, on Thursday, captain's run, and then we were straight into the tournament. Um, so it comes up pretty quick. And then obviously you play that tournament and then you've just got, you know, you've kind of two days of kind of battle and you're pretty, you're pretty broken by mm. you know, the end of week one. And then you just got to do it again. And honestly, your mindset at that point is like, you're like, I want to go to bed. I want yeah. to sleep. I want to recover. I'm so sore. I'm so tired. You know, you're on a flight at, you're leaving the, the you're leaving the hotel at you know seven a.m. on the Monday morning, and you're flying up to Vancouver, or, you know, over to Cape Town from Dubai, and you know, you, you, the last thing you're thinking about is probably a night out. But yeah. usually on that you know that second week, you get a chance to have a couple of beers. Um, you know, you, again, you kind of you go through the kind of grind again, and I think it just gets towards the end of that second week, and honestly, like. Week, week two, day two, your body's just kind of numb yeah. to like, you know, there's all these niggles that you pick up from, you know, week one and you're, you're nursing them and you're, you, you know, you're, you strap them up for, you know, week two and you kind of go into it and you're a bit sore, but by the end of day two, like your body's just like, you know, me personally, I've kind of taken so many painkillers. I'm, you know, pretty numb to, to anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously it comes off the back of like, I think, the thing, you know, the thing about the thing is about the sevens is that there's so much work that goes on. Sort of, you know, as a spectator, you kind of watching the games and teams come on. You know, it's a 14 minutes game, and it's over before you know it. But the the days and the weekends are like so intense because you're up at kind of six o'clock in the morning. You're then getting your breakfast. You you know you've got the nerves and you you're pretty anxious. Um, You've got to travel to the to, to the stadium. You usually do like first before your your first game. You usually do like a bit of a primer, so you go out and you warm up. You're back in the change room. You get a bit of downtime. You know, a bit of analysis, um, and then you know you're back out again and you're doing a your warm up. And your first game might be kind of nine o'clock in the morning, but you've been up since kind of five thirty six o'clock, yeah. and then you might have three hours between you know, ties, but, you know, those three hours, you've got to get in, you've got to get your recovery done, you've got to shower, you've got to, you know, go up, get a bite to eat, but then you're back down and you're, you're kind of nursing any kind of niggles you've picked up and um, you're doing a bit of analysis, you're, you're, you're getting re-strapped again, and then you're out, you're, you're warming up, and then you're just straight into the next tie. So, like, in the, you know, in the background, you know, we don't have time to like sit and watch the other games. Like really? quite often, you you find out results just by you know checking online. Or yeah, yeah. you know, we don't have time to go up in the stands and enjoy a few games. Like it, it's you know the days go on. You're 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 kind of six a.m. to you know ten at night. You know it's it's a long long day. And um, so yeah, I mean, kind of going. I've, I've kind of long winded this question, but I think by the end of week two you kind of feel like you deserve a beer so yeah you get a chance to go out and it's usually like a you know an after party you know at some venue but you know most of the teams go up and go there and um, you get a chance to to kind of catch up with a few few of the players there so but it's good fun yeah nice really one. good fun um just a few few sort of quick fire ones to to finish off um best player you've played with in your career? 
with. Yeah. Best player I've played with. Um, there's been a few few good players. Um, I'd actually say I, I I only got a small amount of time to play with him, um, but Ross Rennie was oh, yeah. class. I mean, one of the best kind of players that I ever played against or yeah. played with. Um, you know, just the way he like presented himself and went about his business. Like, you know, he was like an ultimate pro. Um, yeah. You know, I love this kind of attitude about about rugby. He wasn't, you know, you could switch on and switch off, but he was just, you know, his class on the pitch. And, you know, I probably more, you know, I watched him throughout his career rather than playing with him, but yeah. you know, I did get a few seasons with him, which was pretty cool. Um you know, kind of going back to my my early years, like obviously playing with guys like Greg, you know, and everything he's done for, you know, Scotland. And, you know, I just remember at the time, I remember playing with, with this and, um, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, you know, tries and things that he could do was, you know, no one else could really do at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. He was, he was, he was pretty awesome. Um, but then kind of going into like, you know, later years, you know, looking at guys like Duan at the moment, like he's just like he's on absolute fire. Like this, he's an absolute machine. Like I don't think there's anyone in playing kind of northern hemisphere rugby that kind of yeah compared to him. Like I think he's you know to to have him on your team and to have to train. You know, in my you know last couple of years, I more trained against him uh, yeah. <laughs> than with him, um, and he was yeah, you know, he was, he was he's a big boy and he's you know some athlete. Um, but yeah, you know, there's some there's some class players um you know I've played with throughout throughout my mm. the years I've played. But you know, kinda of even looking at the Sevens program now, like you know, some of these guys are like absolutely I, I you know, I cannot kind of just you know, emphasize how much how good some of these guys are. Like some of the things that Max McFarland does on a on a on a rugby pitch on a service pitch is just like mind boggling, yeah. um, you know. And to kind of share a pitch with him is is pretty awesome. And and you know, uh, Robbie Ferguson as well. Like you know, these are guys that I'm sure will get you know an opportunity in fifteens wherever that might be mm. in the future. But you know, there's some 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 great players in the service program as well. And what about the best player you played against? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, like we've spoken about, like in terms of like legends of the game, like you know, playing against like Brian Driscoll. I know my dad's got he's got a photo of uh, me and me and Bod um, from back in the day. And, oh, really? You know, that's in his that's in his living room. That's you know, framed up. But I remember one game. I remember playing. Uh, it was a it was a Heineken Cup game, um, and I remember playing against Dougie Howlett. And right. he was just yeah. I remember like he's just a guy that kind of sticks out in my mind is like everything he did whether he tackled you or whether you were tackling him or you know was just done at 100 miles an hour um, and you know I think one thing that I've kind of been kind of known for you know myself in my career is that I kind of go 100 miles per hour into everything as well so yeah, yeah. I just remember being pretty battered and bruised um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, after that game, but he was just awesome. He had skills, and you know, obviously one of the best players, kind of in the world, um, you know, ever to have played. But it was it was pretty cool playing against him. 
Um, and then the one we always ask people who come on uh, is who's who's been your worst roommate in all your years involved in Scottish rugby? Roommate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, quite recently, the most recent one was uh, Gav Lowe. Right. And he was, he was just a terrible roommate. Um, he, yeah, he just... He is, he's absolutely obsessed with this, like, soccer manage, management manager. Yeah, yeah. And um, you just don't get a peep out of him. He just sits there on his iPad. But he's got this, like, uh, I don't know whether it's, like, uh, he's, I, I don't know whether he's, like, watched the film recently or what it is, but he, he listens on repeat the, the Titanic theme tune just over and over and over again. And really? it's so strange. And he, <laughs> and he plays football manager and he's got the Titanic theme tune. In the background, I don't. Know if it, I don't know if it makes like soccer manager like more. I don't know more dramatic, or I don't know <laughs> what it is. But he, like, yeah, he was he was someone to uh, to room with. But um, again, kind of looking back, and uh, a couple other guys that spring to mind was uh, John Andres. Um, oh, yeah, the prop. <laughs> yeah, the prop. Uh, he was a funny. He was a very. He was some character. Um, but I remember sharing a room with him. I think we had a, I think it was a quarter final. Um, we had a quarter final. I, I think it was against London Irish down there. We're playing at the, um, to the Modesto down there. Um, yeah, yeah. Down, down at Reading, anyway. And I remember it was like, you know, you, you get to this point where kind of gets to like ten thirty, like, and you kind of, you got a game the next day, and there's just this kind of mutual agreement between players of like, you know, like lights are going down and you know volume's going down a little bit on the TV and you just kind of know it's just like you just feel it it's like this vibe in the room it's like you know it's kind of time for bed now and uh, I remember I was like getting to this point I was like, I was like thinking I was still quite young at the time and John was a bit older than me but yeah. I remember thinking like you know shit like I need to like probably go to sleep soon it's like you know, nearly 11 o'clock and um, you know I didn't really start whatever and uh, I just remember John about 11 o'clock, 11.30, picking up the phone to room service and ordering a carbonara. Um, like, nearly, like, nearly midnight. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and he's, like, sitting, like, up, he's got a TV blaring and he's munching on his carbonara. <laughs> he's, like, he was a stone boy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, apart from that, um, this was, like, always a nightmare to... To room with, he just you know, big weird Dutch man and walks around naked and laid his bed naked, like just zero, zero kind of social boundaries. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's just a few off the, the top of my head. Nice one, uh, mate. That's been absolutely amazing. Thanks so much. I'm sure cool. people are going to love love listening to that. Um, nice. So best of luck with all the self isolation. Hopefully, we can get the seven season back on track sooner rather than later. Yeah. Good man. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Enjoyed it. Cheers, pal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless guilt-free dream come true, baby? It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.